Hello, guys. What's going on? How's your week? How was your weekend? Mine was really fun. On uh, on Sunday, I got to go to the Comedy Central Emmys party with uh, all the crew, with, uh, Brittany and Jax and Lo and Zach and uh, Stassi and Bo and Kristen and Katie and Carter and Schwartz and um, probably leaving someone out. Oh, Ariana and Tom. Everyone was there. It was so fun. And I think we were having the most fun of anyone there, and which is surprising because it was a room full of, well, I guess comedy executives and comedians, but they ended up opening up this like side room that we just basically turned into our own dance party. And, uh, you know, I think we were the life of the party. If I was to give a review, I would say that, uh, I would say that we were, um, yeah, a lot of cool, a lot of cool people there. We, uh, yeah, just saw a lot of like comedians. I know David Spade was there. Adam from the comedy store was there. Fahim, just a bunch of cool people having fun. I had, I had a blast. I haven't really gone out, gone out, and had that kind of fun in a while. So, very much enjoyed it. Oh, but there was a little bit of a crisis situation beforehand. So, I went to Dry Bar, which Dry Bar is great, but sometimes my hair turns out super corny, or it just goes flat. And so. The party wasn't until 9.30, but I got a blowout at 4 o'clock because I wanted to go to an open mic uh, at 5.30 in between and just uh, work out some jokes. And so I I went early and I was I told the girl, I was like, hey, my hair tends to go flat. Um, so maybe we could just, you know, like blow dry it with like a little bit more body and then maybe we can keep it in pin curls. So you know what? I shot myself in the foot. It was my suggestion essentially, to uh, ruin my my life. Um, that's an exaggeration, obviously. But I, yeah, so I kept it in pin curls until about 7 p.m. So from like 4.30 to 7 p.m., it was in pin curls. I'd already had, I had my makeup done. I was about ready to put my dress on. Lo was coming over. We were going to hang out for a bit before we went to Brittany and Jax's. And I take my hair out of the pin curls and my hair is basically like, like boob length. It looked like I, I, my hair looked exactly like Curly Sue's. It was chin length, bouncy, horrible curl. I mean, those were cute on Curly Sue, not on me. It, it, It didn't even look like my hair. It, it was somehow six inches shorter and it was not, I could not brush it out. I looked like the cowardly lion. I looked like I was on toddlers and tiaras. It was a nightmare. And I just got like nervous laughter. I was like, oh my God, there's nothing I can do about this. And so I posted a video on uh, Instagram. If you guys follow me, it's gone now because it was on Instagram story, but maybe I'll repost. Um, Just, I was like in shock. I was like, there's nothing I can do about this. I'm either wearing my hair up or... I'm going to, I'm not own this shit. I'm just going to act like it was a look. Like I was doing some sort of like 1950s housewife. I don't know. And then I got lucky and I thought it through. Well, I got smart and I decided to take a, like, like a body shower with a ton of steam on. So it would like loosen the curls a little bit. That helped, and then I started brushing and brushing, and then Lo came over, and she brought me some sort of hair product to, like, I don't know, texturize and straighten it. It ended up being okay, but there was a full panic where I was like, is this really my life? Is this, this is the kind of luck I have. I've just had, I've, I've had an odd string of, oh, God, you know what else happened this weekend? I have the most awkward interactions with people. So, Lo and I went to the Beverly Center, um, so she could get shoes for the event. And we're going up the escalators and coming down is a guy I dated for like a month, I guess. Um, he's coming down the escalators. I notice him. And then I noticed the guy next to him who looked so familiar. And I thought it was because it was like, it looked like my ex, John Leaf. And I'm like, why are John... I, I was so confused and I had the weirdest, so 
he, the guy that I dated spots me and then his friend starts waving and I'm like, why are you guys together? And they were like, what? And I'm like, oh, and the, the friend was like, we met before, like we met like two months ago. I hung out with him and I, I literally just thought he was a totally different person. So it was just this incredibly awkward, like we're stuck on escalators, like passing each other. And I'm just like, ah, wah. I was, I can't describe it. It was just, and I oh, it felt really stupid. Uh, you, know, you just can't get out of those moments. I mean, I would have, if it was like in a grocery store or like in the mall and I wasn't stuck on the escalator, I would have just totally avoided the whole thing. I do that all the time. If I see someone I know in public that I don't feel like talking to, I will leave the store. I will, I will, could have, I could have a cart full of groceries that I took an hour to pick out. And if I do not feel like having an awkward conversation, because normally it's going to be awkward because I don't know how, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make things not awkward. I say the weirdest stuff and yeah, I'll leave a grocery store. I will have put all the time and effort into picking out groceries. And if I see someone I need to avoid, I will go. I want to know if you guys do that. Email me. I want to know how many people like just straight up avoid small talk, especially awkward run-ins. But I'll do it with people that it's like, there's no reason why it should be awkward. It's just, I don't feel like talking. I'm in no mood for it. Uh, how many of you guys do that? Message me on uh, Instagram at Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. It looks like Rachel No Brian, but it's just Rachel N O'Brien. Or email me at info at rachelobriancomedy.com. Um... Yeah, so it was it was a great weekend filled with a few, well, awkward moments and uh, the cowardly lion hair. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, show date's coming up. I have a show at the Comedy Store uh, this Wednesday. Uh, oh, that's tomorrow, September 19th. Shoot, I think the podcast will come out Thursday. Well, whatever. <laughs> if you happen to be in LA and you listen to the... I, it's not going to work out for me to... T- but I'll be at the Comedy Store Wednesday, September 19th. Um, and then, oh, I got to start gearing up for this, guys. Who is in Oregon, Portland, Oregon? Sabrina Danzel and I are going to be doing a live podcast on November 4th at the Curious Comedy Theater. I did a show there uh, last January. It's an awesome venue, super fun. I am so excited. It seats 150, I think. So hoping to sell it out, hoping to meet all you guys. Uh, I had a blast last time I did the show. So mark that in your calendars. November 4th, Portland, Oregon. You can, you know, even if you live two hours, even if you live where I grew up, even if you live in Astoria or Warrington or Seaside, drive up, guys. Come to the show. Hell, even if you live in Seattle. Actually, I think we're going to be doing a show in Seattle fairly soon. So Seattle people, you wait for that. Um, All right. So I have such a cool, cool guest today. I had never met her before. I got an email from her publicist. I don't know if it was meant directly for me, but it somehow came to my inbox and uh, I'm reading about the, you know, this book that she wrote. And then I scroll down. I'm like, oh, that's an actress from Gilmore Girls. So Keiko Agena just wrote this really cool book that doesn't only apply to artists. It is a workbook for life. It's called No Mistakes, a perfect workbook for imperfect artists. And the word perfect is crossed out because the theory is... There are no mistakes in life. They lead you to other things. And it's basically just an inspiring creative journal based on mindfulness practices and the no mistakes principles of improv. Because in improv, you can't make a mistake. Your partner doesn't make a mistake. You build upon whatever you might even view as a mistake. They're not. And they usually, you go on a totally different, very cool journey. Anyways, you guys got to get this book. It can just, it just helps spark. Like, let's say even if you have like a nine to five job, you hate, but you are uh, trying to start a blog and you're stuck with on writing it. Just do a couple of these exercises. It gets you out of your head. It's really cool. And um, yeah, you can order it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Um, so Keiko again is best known for the TV series Gilmore Girls, where she played Lane Kim for seven seasons and reprised the role in 2016. As a guest star, she's appeared on such shows as Bajillion Dollar Properties, Shameless Scandal, Twisted House, ER, and Without a Trace. She recently has been reoccurring on Sweet Sweet Vicious, Colony, and the new Netflix release of 13 Reasons Why as Mrs. Bradley. Um, she also, I was so excited about this, that podcast, Dirty John, I don't know if you guys listened to it, but I did a little promo for it on my podcast, and it was this fascinating true crime story. Fascinating. Anyways, they're making a 
TV show about it with Connie Britton and uh, uh, Eric Bana. Is that his name? Yeah, as Dirty John. And Keiko is in that. I was so, so excited to find that out. So anyways, without further ado, you guys are going to love her, Keiko Agena. Hi, Keiko. Thank you so much for doing this. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for braving the heat. I didn't know it was hot outside until I went and gave you a parking pass mm-hmm. because I haven't left my... Actually, I did leave my house today. Did you... For coffee? Because that's no. why you, I usually... That's what usually gets me out of the house. I went for a 25-minute workout. Oh, nice. Specifically 25 minutes because it's the okay. hardest workout ever. It's this Pilates class where you're on like a... It's basically like picture the Transformers, like the movie, like yeah. a Transformer is what it feels like because <laughs> yeah. it moves like the, they, they can control it. So like, let's say you're in plank, uh-huh. it will like move and you have to like try to hold on. It's very weird. So I have a question for you. Why not just do plank? I find plank yeah. in, a, in and of itself challenging enough. It is. Uh, you know, I you don't need know. extra plank. Yeah, I guess so. I just, it was, you know, I started going on class bus. I was very uh, interested in the fact that it was only a 25 minute class. Oh, okay. And so that, so that really got you. me. That, yeah, that hooked me. Got and it. then I think if I can somehow get in shape in 25 minutes, that's, that's more my speed. All right. That's I'm not valid. super interested in hour long workouts every day. Right. Are you a workout person? You're very tiny. No, but I used to like, uh, or when I'm in the mood to work out, I go in phases. I'll, I'll, I do like yoga, and those tend to be longer. Especially yeah, if you do long. like the hot yoga, and then you got to shower afterwards. I mean, it's a whole thing. It's a whole day. It's your day. It, it is. It, it can take it, a it, and yeah. nap afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's true because you're hungry afterwards. Yeah, it's lunch after you. Then it's, you just, a, it's, a it's a thing. It's a real it's really thing. it. Because those are usually an hour and a half, right? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. how I schedule it. I'm not interested. <laughs> I used to go, and then uh, I don't know. Do you feel good after your 25-minute uh, power uh, I actually workout? got a little nauseous today during it. Is that a good thing? Are you like, yes, I no, worked out No, I didn't enjoy enough. it. Well, uh, I mean, it means I worked out pretty hard. Right. We're here to talk about your book and many other things, but uh, so you wrote a book called No Mistakes, and then it's a perfect workbook for imperfect artists, and perfect is crossed out. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to write this book? Well, you know, I started it as a adult coloring book. Um, I, I, I've been drawing for a little bit and uh, people had mentioned that if I did do an adult coloring book that they would buy it. So it was just like this little... They said they wouldn't buy it or they, they would? They would buy it. Yeah. So they were kind of encouraging me to maybe go down this path that I wouldn't necessarily... Um, think of so I had mentioned it randomly on a podcast mm-hmm. I was on the Gilmore Guys podcast and someone at uh, Penguin or Tarcher Peregrine is a part of Penguin heard me mm-hmm. and that uh, started the ball rolling into becoming a more of a workbook that has some drawing in it uh-huh. but um, it became more just because I if I was only going to do one book ever I wanted it to be uh, you know, something that I had to have on my shelf. So it kind of evolved into more of a workbook. Do you ever think yeah. you would write a book? Was I that didn't, like, was no. it like a goal? Or just, so you were just talking about it on a podcast yeah. <laughs> and then you just started doing it afterwards? Yeah, because what what, what happened is that I met, um, I met Lauren and we uh, started talking about it and then um, it just kept evolving. So we did a pitch and then the pitch got accepted and then we, you know, I, my draft, they liked it. And so we just kept going and the whole process took probably about two years from the very initial idea oh, wow. to where it came out just recently on, um, August 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it just kept going one, one step after the other. How long did the actual, like, cre- like the writing and the, the creating of it take? Um, not straight. I mean, it, w- it was not an everyday thing, but probably about a year. Oh wow! Yeah, God. and then the production of it and the art, the finalizing of the graphics and all of I guess that that has to be such a, s- something else to a feeling of like incredible accomplishment that you, <laughs> you wrote a book. I mean, that's a, it's nice to have. It's a it's you're a it's a nice physical thing to yeah have. Yeah, I, I really like the concept of it because I feel like I well I feel like it a applies to people other than just artists because I think it just applies to regular life that people are so hard on themselves about failure. Yeah that it's it's like a nice reminder to not be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Did you kind of write it as like maybe a letter to you to yourself a little bit to not be so hard? Oh, absolutely. Because I think that I can be less now, but mm-hmm. I can be super critical and just um 
in, in just an obsessive way, you know, okay. just a, sort of like a repetitive way where phrases will just kind of turn over uh-huh. in your head. I don't know if you've, oh, you know, of course. No, yeah. 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 And you're like, wow, I don't oh, know this is too who much. doesn't do that. Yeah, right. Like that's, right. I want to know what their secret is. Yeah. But yeah. you've gotten better at that. You don't do that anymore or? I have um, uh, tricks to kind of get myself out of uh-huh. that headspace. Um, and, and part of it, honestly, by the time I finished um, writing the book, it was nice because for even for myself, I sort of had a, a, a physical object that was like the good part of m- the side of my brain mm-hmm. that does have good information and like healthy information yeah. <laughs> that I don't always listen to. But yeah. then through the process of doing that, I had to put it somewhere. So it actually exists. It, it exists now. So now it it, it feels like a, it's louder, uh-huh. you know, or more valid in some way because yeah. it's now it's you know on pages. And, and you're whatnot. teaching it to other people too. Yeah. So and you had to kind of become an expert in it right. a little bit and, <laughs> little and bit, practice yeah. it in your own life. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the principles in this were founded from doing improv. Can you explain how that came about? And like for my listeners, like. I mean, I'm sure you guys know what improv is. I've talked about it before because I did Second City and stuff. But I want you to explain, like, where that sort of relates to this book. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm obsessed with improv. I love it. I started at the Groundlings just as a, you know, as a student, um, probably even before Gilmore Girls was done. I mean, long oh, time bef- ago. Before Gilmore before you even auditioned for Gilmore Girls? No, 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 before it was finished, though. Oh. So probably, I don't know, 2006 or something like that. So like, it's been So forever. you were already like a very successful actress and you thought to go... Because a lot of yeah. people... I mean, it's not uncommon for people to... And this happens in the stand-up world, too. Um, I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. And where people do improv or stand-up as a way to maybe get booked as an actress or something. It's not right. even something they really like to do necessarily. They're just like, oh, I got to take a class or I got to do this. So then maybe people like, so you got into it because you really loved it. You didn't yeah. need to use it to, do you know no, what I mean? No, yeah. yeah to like have they, it on your resume that it. Yeah, not really because for to me so far, um, other than really one instance, they've kind of been separate tracks. Like mm-hmm. I have my um, acting work, um, but all of the, the, <laughs> the money and the uh, time that I've invested in improv really has been its own separate world. They yeah. don't really um, cross over. And I did it just because I, because I love it. Because when I watch good improv, it's my favorite thing. It is. So oh, I'm such a fan. Of it's it. It, me too. It's, yeah. When it's done ba- well, well, bad improv is oh, it's the worst. To watch and it's painful. It's, yeah, good improv is like, are... you're like, you guys are genius. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I do the the thing where um, I don't know if you do this where where I laugh and I slap my leg laughing like I laugh that hard I, like, I do laugh, like a very loud like ha like it will like come out <laughs> if it's yeah oh, yeah yeah like it gets stuck in your throat yeah or something. yeah yeah it's uh, uh, I have so I have so many faves in so the improv world that's so cool that you you started it you so were you just a fan of improv and then you were like I'm gonna take a groundlings class or. Yeah, I think I had seen it and, and I was scared to do it, but I thought, well, what the hell? I'll just, I'll do one. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, one became many, many years, one class became many, many years later. And um, lots and lots of money. And lots of money. <laughs> you guys, improv is not cheap. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Because I started Groundlings and then I went to like Dave Brzezowski and then I went to IO West, which is now closed. And then I went it to. Is? Yeah. When? Oh, like it was big drama, but um, no, I didn't know anything about that. Gone. God, I'm not in the drama of the improv world. <laughs> Jeez, it used to be on Sunset, and it's yeah, it's it's how uh, long ago that? Out. But, but um, I, I O West, the only one in L A. In Chicago, okay. I think they're doing very well. Oh, still. okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, so Chicago is still there, but uh, oh gosh. Was it last year oh, or okay. months so not ago? That long. No, no, okay. no, it's not that long ago. All right, I'm not that out of the loop. No, 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 no. And then UC, and now it's more um, UCB, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, Second City is just not as popular. It, but I decided I wanted to do Second City just because when I watched SNL and I was a kid and I was obsessed with it, that is where a lot of those people went. And so for me, that was like that's what improv was. And uh, I don't know. I even though I was told that like. UCB and Groundlings are probably better right now. Like they're just Second City's just not as popular in oh, LA. Well, do you? Th- well, I think it's just random that I haven't quite. Got- I mean, I'm yeah. sure. Like, yeah, I mean, you might. Two more years. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's where I'm Once going. Once you're done next. with the book, yeah. 
Oh, well, you are Dunham. Well, Dave Rosowski came from Second City. Okay. So I kind of like sideways. No, but Second City is amazing. I mean, Second City is like It's just like not as popular started. in LA. Ma- maybe. It's not like, you know, it's kind of... When it's Chicago, just not, it's not as cool here. Yeah, yeah, but in Chicago, you like can't get a. Oh yeah, you know. You, I mean, it's they're, so they're hard. Faci- I haven't been there, but their facility I hear is like. Yeah, and it sells out all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's big ticket. The one here yeah. is like someone's apartment, basically. It's <laughs> tiny. Yeah, it is upstairs on Hollywood. Yeah, and the bar is across the street. But yeah, um, well, there's no bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The un- yeah, I've which is been. which there's is like kind of hard for comedy. Bar. I mean, right? they really do go hand in hand sometimes. When people go to comedy shows, they're like nervous to laugh if they're not like loosened up. So yeah. just sitting in like a black box theater watching. I mean, a lot of time there's student shows in Second City. It's <laughs> like, you know, right, it's right. hard for the audience. It is. It, you need two things for comedy. You need to be freezing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little liquor. Freezing. A little liquor I actually forgot hurt. about that part. Yeah, because right. you want to stay awake. It is. Yeah. Like, like doing. Have you ever done comedy in just like a hot um but it's so i mean i've done comedy ugh, in some weird places well yeah i mean yeah like I, i've done a like a uso tour so well <gasps> it's a it was afe but i say uso because people don't know what afe is it's armed forces entertainment similar though and yeah. uh and you perform on these military bases but they're not like in comedy clubs obviously at all so some of them were just like in a random cafeteria right. or like just really really random places so yeah. yeah i guess they were probably hot they're just not conducive to comedy yeah do yeah. you feel um sort of like you can do anything after doing things like that um yeah no actually no i take it back those were the easiest rooms I've probably really? ever done because they're very grateful to see oh. it because they're, you know, they're in Kosovo. What yeah. the hell else are they going to do on a dry base that is, it's still kind of considered like an active base. So, and right. it's, there's nothing else for them to do. It's oh. not. Yeah. So right. they were, they're very grateful. Oh. So actually they're the easiest audience. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They were, and that's my, probably my most favorite experience, but this is not about me. This is Let's about you. Let's make it about you. No, no. <laughs> this is about you. Okay. So, how does how does improv relate to this book? I love how you connect it, but I want you to explain it to my listeners. Oh, sure. So the title of the book is called No Mistakes because in improv, what I find so fascinating is that you have a group of people on stage that are so supportive of each other that no matter what happens, if it's a good team, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, everybody jumps on board and makes it brilliant. Mm-hmm. And... And I thought, oh, you know, what if it were possible to live my real life with a little bit more of that it's great. joy and understanding? Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that's the little bit of the turn of... of and support of other people. Yes, support of other people and support of your own mm-hmm. creativity of sort of celebrating the rough edges and embracing things that you don't... I don't know, this whole idea of like having to be so perfect or fit into some kind mm-hmm. of box that somebody else puts out for you. Yeah. Uh, it's gotten, and it's it's worse now than ever with you social think so? media. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's not worse than maybe like this, okay, a long time ago when women only had to do certain things. That's, I guess I'm not meaning like that, but yeah. it's so visually out there for young kids to like, this is how you have to look or this is how right. you have to be. I think it's so depressing for for kids it's just or just anyone yeah. just looking at like oh this is I have to have huge Kylie Jenner lips or I have to do this or right. I have to and it's just it, it no I, I feel like it's so hard for people now to just be themselves or to be okay with like being yeah. different it's yeah yeah because there's such a um, there's such immediate feedback yeah Almost exactly. like everything that you do. It's really there's, sad there's like a thumbs up or thumbs down there's a quote I don't know if it was um someone that, that wrote it about the book or that you wrote it in here, but it was in the email that I got. Um, but it says the way you describe it, it says the aspects of you that you don't think fit in are the parts you should explore and enhance. Yeah. I think that's so cool Yeah, because that's what makes everyone special. Yeah. I, I, I really do think that mm-hmm. because I, uh, if we, this is my philosophy, but I think if we, you, we can look at it with just a little bit of a softer eye, mm-hmm. that's, what's, that's what's interesting. Yeah. Right? All the things that don't quite are, are a little bit off. Yeah. <laughs> that's your true. artistic voice. That's part of how you see the world that's different from the person that, you, that already has their own show on exactly. whatever or their own uh, voice on Instagram or, or mm-hmm. whatever or writing their own show. Yeah. That's it, your voice. And it can apply yeah. to just regular 
jobs and business and stuff too. Yeah. Like you, the thing that you have that's different, your little, your yeah. little take on something is what's going to make something great. Yeah. And so I guess that's, so that's how you relate it to improv because if I get this right, uh, an improv, you know, a mistake is supported by everyone and then it gets created, it, it, okay, so let's say you kind of have something in mind in an improv scene that you're going to go in this direction and someone takes it a totally different direction. It could end up being a way better scene yeah. than what you had in mind. Yep. Ooh, which is a very good, like, philosophy for life. Yeah. You know, you get, yeah. like, stuck on, like, it has to be this way. <clears throat> yeah. Do you get like that? Uh, where, where, where yeah. like... You, you get so set on like, this is the goal. This is what it has to be. And then it, you know, some, it, it veers off. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the, the path that it veers off on ends up being way better than. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I probably, um, I never intended to end up in Los Angeles. Oh, really? For example. Oh, I want to hear about, I had that was yeah. on my list of questions. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Did you, so explain that. Did you want to be an actress when you were younger or did you just happen into this and moving here? And well, uh, I did love acting mm-hmm. from a very young age. So I knew, and I don't know why in my head, like I didn't think I would end up in Los Angeles, but I didn't, I, I for some reason when I was growing up, I associated Los Angeles with being um, just like a, a, a fake or plasticky or something uh-huh. about it. I had a, I had a thing in my mind about which it LA. Be. Which it can be. There, yeah. there definitely is uh, that aspect. But so it was never my intention. Uh-huh. I was going to, st- to college in Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, wow. I'm from <laughs> Oregon. That's close. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I was visiting just for the summer. My boyfriend was at the time was a musician down here. And I was mm-hmm. just going to visit with him for the summer. And then I never left. That was, I didn't even go back to school. Really? Yeah. So I just sort of ended up in L.A. That's and, a cool story. Yeah. The, and I'm glad because I, I'm sure I had, this is the best place to for me yeah um is the city and mm-hmm. it took it i had to be almost tricked into realizing that but i'm glad i did so you had no no plans to ever move here and like you were never like when you were in college were you thinking like okay i'm gonna graduate move to la and be an actress so that was not the plan at all no i think i, I well i was also very naive as a 18 year old for a lot of reasons but i th- maybe i thought i was going to go to new york and try to do theater or something uh-huh. or what were you studying in college uh, I, I was going for theater so oh, i'd okay. already started oh, yeah okay. so i already kind of knew that i wanted to uh go down that path um i was actually on a drama scholarship but really i didn't end up doing any plays because when i arrived there it was the first time that i realized that i was asian really <laughs> <laughs> Explain that. <laughs> I didn't really know. <laughs> where, where, where were you? Wait, where, where were you from before, and why was it not obvious? Yeah. to me, which well, is great. I mean, I like was, that way. You didn't feel different. It's true. I, but like I said, I was so naive because I grew up in Hawaii, and especially when I was growing up. Well, that kind of makes sense that you didn't. Yeah, I mean, I everyone is Asian Pacific Islander there. So. Yeah, a lot. Of, like the majority of people, yeah. and so I didn't. When I was a little kid, you know, you just do any part. You don't think about it because mm-hmm. every every play you do is multi-ethnic. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even, th- I didn't even think the fact that I was Asian would affect my casting at all. Really? At that's all. That's a great way to go into things though, not being. Well, it took me a year to like, yeah. Well, yeah. now I, I, I am aware yeah. that I am. So, so you didn't, know, obviously you knew, but yeah, you, yeah. so when you went to college, were you, was it hard? Were you like typecast and you didn't like that? Or when you were, or you just didn't do any plays, you said? I didn't end up doing any plays because. There was uh, no Asian parts? Yeah, because. Um, well, that's messed up. Yeah, they, well, a lot of um, colleges, you know, they're doing established plays. They're not doing a lot of new work, yeah. or at least they weren't there. So you know, a lot of established that really plays. Bums me out. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. I like I didn't even think about it because I auditioned for this play and it was about these three British women in the 1800s, and yeah. I was like, I don't know why they didn't cast me. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm Japanese. That's kind of. I mean, that is really messed up, though. Like the uh, yeah, there was nothing. There was great. And you were, on, wrath, a, you were on a drama scholarship. And you did not qualify to be in any play there. No, it was, well, I took myself out of it. But to be honest, there wasn't, um, I, I, got, I did have a little bit of a freak out, mm-hmm. like I said, because I, like, I realized I had this big moment. And then, um, but there wasn't really any 
I there wasn't anything like that I thought that I could there wasn't anything modern that yeah. they were doing um interesting so it's all period pieces and there were there weren't well I think uh, that's very disappointing yes yes <sighs> Whatever. let's I'm change gonna call, it I'm gonna call the president of that <laughs> college and we're gonna have a chat hopefully it's changed by it's now. probably had changed hopefully. that was quite a while ago so when you when you moved to LA did you just start auditioning immediately what did you do how did you get into because you I mean in the terms of making it you made it pretty young and we're on a huge hit show I was um there was there was a gap because I, I, I arrived here in 92, 92, 93, something around there. And uh, so Gilmore Girls happened in 2000, uh-huh. which is still relatively, I mean, it's eight years. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was way older than my character. Yeah. Um, but uh, I looked that up. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I, when but I, you look super, I don't even know no, how old you are. Um, I'm in my mid to late 20s. Are you? Awesome. No, I'm not. No, you're not. I just said <laughs> but that. that's, uh, uh, But you look it. I'll, t- okay, I'll tell great. you later. Okay, great. Um, but I know, but I always thought like when, I, even when I was in high school, I didn't think I looked like I was in high school. Oh, like, really? I've always thought I looked like around, I've always thought I looked like around 27, 28. I don't know. Like <laughs> Really? Just, yeah. Which I guess is a good oh. thing is hopefully that continues on. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but you're so lucky because you, you look really young now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't feel it. But um, yeah, no, when I was 18, I looked 12. So when I was 26, I I'm looked, always really uh, jealous of those actors. Really? They, yeah, because that means you get to uh, work for forever. Well, hopefully I'll knock on some. This is yeah. this looks like metal, but I'll knock on it anyway. It'll do. Yeah. Um. So you were here for eight years before you booked that. That's not. I mean, that is a long it's time. Not that long, yeah. And I did little things, but that was definitely the first. Like, did that you have was like little I, co-star roles and stuff, or was that yeah, like your? The, first? Um. Well, the very first thing I did, I got lucky, and it was a um a guest star. But, but, you know, it's very awesome. sporadic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very... Um, Gilmore Girls was the first year that I uh, could give up my day job. Uh-huh. So I didn't... Ha- I, you know, I had a day job right up until... What was your day job? Oh, right before I was temping. Mm-hmm. So I... <laughs> I am not good with technology, but I did the, my best job for a while. I worked for this Such a bad Asian company. stereotype. I, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm Gosh. terrible. Oh, I'm <laughs> terrible. Oh, I'm the worst. I get so panicky when I have to do math in front of people. I just like sweat. Who uh, wants to do math in front of people? No, I, no one. Although no I was one. in a mental math competition in high school. You were school. what? In a mental math competition. I don't even know what that is. I think I had to do math in front what? of people. It was some sort of stupid competition. And I was good at it, but it wasn't really hard to be good. There was 50 people in my graduating class. Like, but you know. you, you, it's but mental math. I think we competed with other, other schools. It means like we couldn't you use couldn't a computer use or a uh, calculator or anything. Okay. So you had to do it in your head. In your I just head. forgot about that. Shit. Just drop that brag. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> nice yeah so you were not a good temp is what uh, you're telling me or you just were well uh, well the one my best job ever was even though i was not good at computers and stuff was teaching software to people to people sorry what i know you were it's good at teaching <laughs> software to people who are even less Ooh. good this is how old i am less good at computers than i was you're not old well well let me explain this to you i was teaching word Okay. And, like, can you even imagine someone trying to pitch a class? I mean, teach, I imagined it back then. Yeah. I know, right? That's what would what it be I'm now? Saying. It's a wild. Right now, now, it's just how to, like, it would be like a class to pitch, like, to teach social media how to get I, more followers. I or guess something. so. Yes. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. They'd make a master class of it and just they put do. It, throw There's it up people online. There's people that charge a lot of money for that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, got, I actually got an email for it the other day. I don't know how I was to like, do on it? an email list. Yes, no, for someone that were they were going to charge 200 and something dollars to like teach you how to get more followers. I was like, oh. this is a scam. Yeah, but you don't need it. No, but anyways, people do charge for that. Yeah. So, okay, so you were a 10. Yeah, so that's what I was doing before. I don't think eight years, there's so many people that are here for like, well, I guess that is a long time before you book like a series, but I've been here for 11 years. I haven't booked a series. So to me, that seems lucky. Yeah, or well, I do feel fortunate. lucky. Yeah. I certainly feel lucky about it yeah for sure it was a great show oh it's 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 crazy um i had a very specific question oh did you ever consider giving up in those eight years like on pursuing this were you ever just like this is too hard i'm I'm never gonna make it or um i probably the 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 time where i most felt like that wasn't in the eight years before Mm-hmm. But um, I had a moment like that after Gilmore Girls was done. Really? Yeah, I had a explain. It was, it was after Gilmore Girls, and I was, um, I, you know, 
I had I had fallen in love with acting at ten. Mm-hmm. So. I I say like with any relationship, your relationship with your art, it's going to go through waves. Yeah. And I hit a bottom where I was like, I don't care. I just don't care. I don't love, I don't love it anymore. Like it's too hard. I don't love it. Um, It's too painful. Um, I want an easier life. That's Mm -hmm. really what I felt like. And I, and I talked to, I, I booked a meeting with my manager because I wanted to get his his um, contacts to go into sh- to casting because I thought that I could be a good casting agent. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. And then he talked me out of it. Basically, Eric Kritzer, who's my manager, still my manager, and uh, his assistant at that time, Blake Bandy, basically spent a good 45 minutes talking me off the ledge and said, well, just hold on. <laughs> That's so funny. Just, you know, you don't have to be rash. Don't You don't need to go into casting right now. Just let's... Let's just be chill for a minute. Wow. Were you just tired of auditioning and stuff, or or do you did you do you have to audition still oh, when yes. you're already okay? Sure, sure. Yeah, auditioning is hard. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you put your heart on, you put your heart into it, and and um, and I think also at that time it was a it was a challenging um, age range for me because mm-hmm. I was still I I didn't quite fit. I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I feel a lot better because now I I I get to play forties and thirties and things like that, which uh-huh. I which I like. Yeah, it, to me it's more um, uh, quite easier to play because it's more yeah. what you are now as a person. Yeah, I think I think the roles that were available or that I was going out for as far as like twenties, uh, uh, a certain type, I just wasn't. It was just it was just hard. Yeah, and I didn't I wasn't feeling great. Yeah. So you, you've done a bunch of stuff since Gilmore Girls. Uh, 13 Reasons Why. Uh, there was a bunch of other things on here. I can Oh, yeah, on, yeah. Well, you can tell me. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. CIS, Shameless. Well, there's a couple that's coming out. There are a few that are coming out soon. Which were, There's a first, which um, I'm on, that's coming out on Hulu on um, September 14th. That's okay. So I'm very excited that? about I, that. I just saw that on your Instagram, actually. Oh, yeah. So I, I know I'm posting so much about it because I want no, people to see it. No, it's exciting. But it's set, uh, it, it's slightly sci-fi. It's only about 13 years into the future, but we um, are, it's about the aspiration of going to Mars. Okay. So I get to play an engineer and an astronaut. And I'm f- so excited about this show. And I really want people, if they, if they can, to just at least the check first? it out. The fir- it's called The First. And it comes out when? It, the whole first season drops on September. September 14th. It's okay. on Hulu. And then um, I'm working on the show called Dirty John right now with Connie Britton. You are? Yeah. I loved that podcast. Oh, you did? You've listened Someone, to it? Yeah, my friend Kylie yesterday just sent me a link saying that they were making it into a show. And I was like, oh, that podcast. First of all, that's the network that I'm on. Wondery did that oh, podcast. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Right. And yeah, yeah. Um, that po- did you listen to the podcast? Yeah. It's terrifying yeah. and fascinating. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by that kind of thing where you can literally... It's like you could be dating someone and not, well, for example, the Golden State Killer was just found married with children. Like, what would you do if someone knocked on your door one day and they were like, yo, your dad's a Golden State Killer? I don't know how they serve. I don't, I mean, psychotherapy would not do an, I don't know what you would do. I don't know. See, the hardest thing about that. If you're on that show, is because. Freaking out. If, if, if you're, well, there's a couple of layers, right? If you're married to someone like that, mm-hmm. that's a whole issue. Yeah. But, and not to freak out people who have this experience in real life, but if that's your dad, like that's half your it's so DNA. That, oh, I didn't think about you, that you, part. Oh, no, God. That's, you just threw me with I'm that one. I'm <laughs> sorry. But that, that's like the next level, yeah. right? Where you then start to question oh. yourself. Oh. It's so That's sad. Difficult. I think he had two daughters, though, which okay. I feel is, is it a little easier. Yeah, because yeah. there's not a lot of female serial. There killers, aren't, you know, yet. No, yeah. just kidding. That was so gross. <laughs> I liked it. No, I liked it. I mean, you're practicing okay. for Dirty John. Okay, great. Wait, what do you play in that? Oh, I play. Um, I get to play uh, Connie Britton's uh, work friend. So okay. I don't get too dark into like the 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 nitty gritty. So cool. But, did you already start filming her. it? Huh? Did you already start yeah, filming yeah. it? We filmed um, a couple of episodes and then I think at the end of this month we'll do, I'll do another one. But I just love the style of it too. The way they're shooting it. It's so fast and loose. And, really? And she's, she's just great. She's great. Yeah. I just love it. Just a little fast walk and talk and I don't know. It's just great. What, what network is it on? Did I see That's Bravo? That's going to be on... I... Um, Make that up. I should know this. 
I want to say Netflix, but that might not okay, be right. Probably. No, it's not Netflix. I feel like it's Bravo. Yeah, I think I, I, think I, I saw not, Bravo. Yeah, I think it's Bravo. Okay. That is so exciting. And when does that come out? Yeah. And that, that'll be probably be a while. Oh. And then um, what's airing right now is a little recurring on um, Better Call Saul. So those on, are my pictures. Oh, Better Call Saul? Oh, yeah. cool. Wow. Yeah. You're working a lot. So this, this has been a lot. The last couple of years have been um, great. I'm, I'm really enjoying like the roles that I'm getting to do. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it's fun. It's cool. What is your biggest career high and your biggest career low? My biggest career low was the, um, this is not actually, but, uh, but it's one of them. I went, I once auditioned for this part, this part. I can't even remember what it was. I blocked it out. But the casting director, as I, I left, was know. like, I do that. Yeah. Do you? Oh yeah. 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 If it, it's a bad memory. I'm just like, yeah, it yeah. Happen. I know. I, it's the, it's the protection of the mind. I love it. Um, it's what's kept me sane. But she, <laughs> she literally said, um, well, you know, don't beat yourself up too much on the way home. Are you serious? <laughs> no, but she she didn't say it in a condescending oh, way. I really no, think she no, no. I really so... think she meant it. And I and it was like at first I did at first I was comforted by it for a second, and then I was like, oh, that's that, that's not good. What if you didn't even know if you did a bad like? No, what if you had no idea you did a bad job? It, well, and she said that that's true. Was, I was it obvious like you were nervous, and then you had to do a couple takes or why did she say that well here's the thing part of it it was i was i am this was after gilmore girls Maybe this is why I, you wanted to be a casting director, i know so this is, not this is some this of it right <laughs> but a part of it was i was a little still delusional but part of it was um i had been on I, i'm gonna be real with you guys i was i'd been on gilmore girls so long where i knew that we had to be word perfect and that if it wasn't word perfect mm-hmm. we couldn't use that take so for okay. seven years i'd kind of gotten this rhythm into my head and so I was in this audition I was already nervous and I kept um making these little mistakes but you can't stop an audition but yeah but I I did it was just like a knee-jerk reaction so I like stopped and would restart as if I was on set oh I like see. yeah <laughs> but I feel like people do that I, I don't mean, think they do really? I don't I would not recommend it if you're, a, trying to think if you're an actress out there don't just, just yeah I don't know that I yeah, have yeah that's not a great thing yeah do. I can't believe she's and you. So this is after Gilmore Girls. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. No, even it like, was a sweet thing. She, I mean, yeah. I think she really meant it in a sweet way. Yeah, but it's nice. just like it's one of those things. It just really drew attention to it, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! I had yeah. someone like a year ago. Um, I did. Uh, it was just like a co-star role, and I read the the lines, and she was like, "Okay, that's great. Could you just do it a little less weird or a little less quirky?" And I was no. like, "Oh, that's just me." I mean, that was literally. I was just in my head. I'm like. I thought that seemed normal. That's just my personality. <laughs> I think weird and quirky is great. Yeah. I think <laughs> you should expand the role and make it work. But it was like, literally, I didn't even, that it wasn't even a character choice. Oh, that really? was just me oh. saying it. I was just like, oh, shit. So then you're like, <laughs> what do mm, I do now? <laughs> so now I guess oh. I got to act. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your biggest career high? Career high. You know, it's funny because this wouldn't technically be one, I suppose, but um, I know that I think I felt super, super excited when on Felicity, this was right before Mm -hmm. Gilmore Girls, right when Gilmore Girls was happening, but I got my first um, recurring character and it was just, it was little. That's cool. It it, it was... um, it was a small thing, but just three episodes. But it was, it was the first time I had done something and, and someone with some power said, uh, we like that and we want it again. Do that's you know a, what I mean? That's got to be a great feeling. Yeah. yeah. That was like, oh, oh that's like cool. validation. Yeah. Like they right? literally changed the course of the show a little a bit little for bit. you. A little bit. Just a tiny. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's okay. a cool feeling. Yeah. And being on being that was the most at that point, I think I had really been on on a set. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, oh, I like this. This this being on set thing is fun. That is cool. That's a, that's a good feeling. That's a, yeah. that's a good answer to that. Yeah. Well, my I, my next question oh, sure. was what was going to be your worst audition moment. But I oh, guess. Oh, that's the, you got it. Yeah. That's probably one of the. Do you have any other funny audition stories? Um, oh, I'll switch it up. Since I, since I answered different one. this is not an audition. I'll, I'm saying so many embarrassing things, but that's okay. It's, um, it's relatable. Right? I say embarrassing things all the time on okay, here. Okay, good. Trust me. I did have a moment. Um, this is also after Gilmore Girls. See, this is this is a reason people are going to understand why I had like this crisis moment. But I was on House, 
And um, it was a week, it was a guest star on house and I was so nervous. And there was a moment in there where my nerves really started to mess with me mm-hmm. a bit. And um, it was this doctor and the, the scenes that I had auditioned for, I, I, got, I knew them really well. I was happy about them. I knew what they were about. I was solid on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing we shot wasn't those. It was like this little thing in the operating room. It was three lines. I was like, I'm not going to worry about that. It's three lines. Yeah. I got there, you know, it's a moving camera, um, the operating table, and my nerves like overwhelmed my system. And I could not say that the lines, like, have you ever had that happen to you before? Um, It was, it was horrifying. I've had it happen in stand up where I just, I blanked out something that I've said 3000 times before. Yeah. Yeah. That feeling of like. Where uh, a second is like, feels like five hours where you're yeah. just like, yeah. How so, did you, how'd you get out of that? How do you, do you remember? I'm trying to think. You blacked, you blacked I it may, out. I, I may have just <laughs> abandoned the joke and then just Moved kind of on. started like improvising or whatever. Yeah. I never know if people can tell when a comedian is like, makes a mistake. Probably not audiences, but other comedians maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not probably. audiences probably don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So what did you do? You just didn't speak or did they just well, have to here's, do? Well, here's the thing. I think everyone also was shocked too. Cause it was like, this is the first scene that you're doing for the whole week. Like you're one yeah. of the guest stars for the whole week. I think everybody's just looking at me going, Oh, this is going to be bad. But unfortunately, or, maybe or they fortunately, weren't thinking anything like that at all. No, every, really? but, but the thing, my, my saving grace, I guess, is that so we have these masks on mm-hmm. and I think they just um, at some point just moved on. They were like, well, you know, we'll just ADR it. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, we're not. I so didn't, did you I record never it later, it. the lines? Or, or I, they I just... think I did. I think at some point later on, I just recorded um, the lines or they pieced, together, it pieced it together with some other, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. one part of the Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's what I I mean I never actually I in the moment I was so far um see this is why I had to write this book no mistakes to like I, deal with like writing, anxiety cuz yeah. I cuz I I have in the past dealt with severe um anxiety in the in in times where it is just not yeah helpful. Well, I mean what we do for a living is basically like okay so people's a lot of people's number one fear is public speaking right. right so basically in doing improv and acting and stand-up we've basically chosen people's number one fear to make a daily job so it is a daily like it's it's emotionally very taxing yeah very taxing and you never kind of know when I mean, I don't necessarily get nervous anymore when I do stand-up unless... Well, I do. I don't get necessarily nervous for the audience. I get nervous when I'm performing with comics that I really admire or right. like... Like, I've done a lot of shows with, like, Judd Apatow. And if I think, like, he's going to see my set or something, he probably doesn't even know my name. I don't know. Uh, I've, and I've had some... Like, I've tried to, like, talk to him and I'm always just, like, so weird. I mean, <laughs> just... It just never goes well. I'm like, Judd, can I call you Judd? App, Mr. Apatow? Okay, stop talking. And then I like <laughs> run away. It's bad. Is he your fave? Um, no, I just, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's, he's the one that he's, he's just... You've, right. I mean, he's not my fave, but like he he's just so successful. He's yeah. just, I mean, he's, you know, so I want to do... So I get nervous if like we're on the same show and like he might see my set and I just want it to be so good that like... I mean, and, and the nerves sometimes do help. They can kind of like make you more excited and do better, but they can also be paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having to, to get in that, uh, in a good headspace. Yeah. Do and you I have think, a yeah. little system that you use before? Like, okay. Yeah. So, so you don't get nervous before. Do you get nervous before improv shows, by the way? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. L- little less now, but um, yeah, I still I used to definitely. get way more oh. nervous for improv than I do stand up. Really? I don't really do it anymore because yeah. I'm not in sec- at Second City anymore. I should, I'd like to do more improv, but I think I started as a stand up and, mm-hmm. and so that is very comfortable to me. And it's also, it's written out. I mean, I improv with audience enough, but I wrote the jokes. Right. My jokes. <laughs> I know what they are. Like improv is very scary. I yeah. think. It, it is. It, it it is, and the, and that's the amazing thing is that when it's done well, they make it look so easy, yeah. and they are so comfortable, and I love it. And that's that's sort of the reason why I don't quit. Yeah, because at some point in my life, I would love 
to have the sense of ease mm-hmm. that um, that the people that I admire walk into the room with or you, walk onto. But do you think with. they actually feel that way, or just what they're no, projecting? I do. You know? I think that I think that there's a certain level of people when when they get very good, where they are at they are at ease with uh, knowing that the show will be good. It might not be the best ever. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like the bot, they know they have enough, uh, enough skills to kind of maneuver out yeah. of, I think good standups are like this too. Yeah. They, they you know, like yeah, when it's starting true. to tank, you know what to say to flip it around. And so mm-hmm. there's a sense more of an ease than a new person. Well, I think a lot of it is just time. Yeah. It's just yeah. the amount of times you've been on stage, the amount of right. times you performed. How long have you been doing improv? Oh goodness! For more than ten years, probably. Oh, a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's. I bit- bet to other people though, you seem very like calm and <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you probably there's probably people that are just like, sure people are so chill. Sure. Bits, but bits, I bet you've developed bits. skills for yes. So what are what are some yeah. tips that you have for not getting nervous? Well, um, breath is a little. Mm-hmm. It is is probably one of the things that I'm um, working on more now, even. Mm-hmm. Um, of a way to breathe so that it's a little deeper and a little mm-hmm. um, slower. Um, also, I do think that I'm I'm not probably a lot of because of the personal works stuff that's in the book, but I'm not in that space that I was in those years mm-hmm. as far as um, starting out with so much intense anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it never get it never gets to that level of intensity. Yeah. So so it's easier for me to tools kind of, now not to. Yeah, because I'm just not I'm not um, just my overall life is not that anxious. Because I think I think back then my overall life was so anxious that it I I wasn't able to lower it. Uh huh. When it started to get going, do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. Because well, is it because you didn't know how to with skills, or was it just where your yeah. life was at at that point? Is that what you mean? I think a lot of it is a point of view, like uh-huh. how you see yourself, how you see life. Because mm-hmm. um, I think what importance you put on something, yes, like exactly, yeah. exactly, and 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 um, and finding ways to ex- uh, find acceptance for myself so that it's not so that it's not in someone else's hands. I think that's what, that's, that's a very, that's a really good point. In. Yeah. Where it, you, yeah. Yeah. It's not in someone else's hands. Yeah, like exactly. You're the only one that can calm yourself down. You're the only one that can make yourself feel better. You're the only one that can change the course of what you do. Like no one else can do that for you. Yeah. And I think actually maybe just even accepting that you have that power can right. be calming. Oh, as opposed yeah. to just thinking like totally. things are happening to me and at me and I don't know what to do. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think your, your book is such a good reflection of that. There's, I, I, little rabbit ear thingies on (laughs) yeah just like because I want I want you guys to buy this book it it applies if you're not even if you're not an artist I think it just applies to like oh good I'm glad you say that well very much so because there's stuff that you just where's my little bookmark things about just basic forgiving yourself and stuff like okay this one is good I like this so it says 2 p.m. on a Sunday So it says, write down the name of one of your heroes. Now, this does not need to be an artist. It could be anyone. And then you say, now imagine it's 2 p.m. on a Sunday and you're on a fly on a wall in this person's home or workplace. Your hero has just gotten some very bad news about a a project. How do you think they would handle it? Good or bad, you are just an observer. Sit for a minute in observation of them. I bet they feel as deeply as you feel. Handling failure is a part of their job. I just think that even just stopping to reflect on something like that, like people that you look up to, Failure happens to everyone and yeah. it's not, it's not just unique to you. Yeah. How do you handle failure? How would you answer that question? Basically that you posed in here. How do you handle Yeah. You actually said, how do you handle it? Yeah. Well, well at this point I, um, I, for, for myself, I try to put it in perspective so mm-hmm. that it's not, uh, it's not the whole of who I am. Whatever it is that I'm doing is a uh, is a part of me, mm-hmm. so that it's doesn't define you. Yeah, exactly. So it uh-huh. doesn't define me. And I think I think uh, I'm 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 lucky, and I try to think about other relationships too that are not necessarily dependent on a thing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because because 
that's where it gets scary is if you think, and this is mostly not true. Yeah. But if you think that your true friends are going to feel one way or another about you, whether or not you succeed, at you do the yeah. yeah, you get this thing, then that's, well, then, then you have the wrong friends, first of all. Right. But that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's kind of th- the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not your real friends. That's not true. Yeah. But so, so is it that, well, there's a couple of things. Either, either you should find new friends yeah. or you should trust your friends that you have and not make yourself crazy because they're not going to abandon you. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's My true. friends would never abandon me if I well, didn't, whatever. They don't yeah. care. Well, I think you you have that kind of theme in this book about like, like speak to yourself or treat yourself as if you would almost like a small child or like a, like a friend, like you would never speak to your friends or a child how you speak to yourself. No, no one ever would. No, no. So I think that is helpful to think about when you are being really hard on yourself. Like picture yourself as a little kid. Would you say you're so stupid? You're so whatever. No, you'd be an abusive monster. Yeah. So why are we abusive monsters to ourselves at the time? Because I also think like there's this weird habit that we get into. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that it really is just a habit of we hear this voice that we say to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's just repetition and it's really freaking cruel mm-hmm. and loud. And we, you know, we call it like our voice. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like our voice. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what was that has been helpful for me over time is to almost even forcefully at first because it sounds so stupid, but inject the other side of that voice. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah, you have to. And then give that time to grow and it will edge out Mm -hmm. the other side because that it, it, it's just a habit that that yep. crazy loud And it's a habit you've been voice. doing for so many years. Yeah. So you have to put as yeah. much effort into exactly. changing that as you did building yeah. that, that part of your brain up that was hard on yourself. Like yeah. you have to actually like technically rewire your brain to be kinder to yourself. Yeah. Which would probably make people a lot more successful. Even yes. if you just felt better. First of all, I'd rather just feel better in general than even necessarily have the thing there, the goal that I like. I'd rather yeah. live my life just happier. Yeah. But I think once you feel better and you're not being so hard on yourself, usually the things that you want will come to you a lot easier. Yeah. Because you're not forcing it. You're not desperate you're not being hard on yourself yeah yeah because I think we get tricked into thinking that somehow because we're so hard on ourselves we're doing something and it's not <laughs> that's true. a really good point yeah, yeah. Like, I work like, so oh, hard I'm yeah. so I deprive hard myself myself. myself of everything like yeah. I don't sleep oh, it's like I hate myself yeah, no, it's like, yeah I don't think it's that's not really it's a lot of effort and yeah. it's a lot of pain but yeah. it's not necessarily it was like they're just spinning your wheels yeah yeah Well, this has been really fun. I don't want to keep you too long. We've already gone 48 minutes, but I really enjoy this. I feel like it was very easy to just talk to you about this stuff. And I think that's why your book is so good. Oh, thank you so much. And I want everyone, where can people buy it? I mean, I bought it on Amazon. Oh yeah, you can buy it on Amazon. Um, I did for the first time ever go into, I shouldn't say that, but I did just the (laughs) other day go into a Barnes and Noble and it was like, and I was like, yep, Was it really for the first time ever? Well, no, 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 but about, about for the, for the book, like it's been out for a while and I never went to a bookstore actually. You should pull Um, a Carrie in Sex and the City where she like (laughs) takes people's books that are on display (laughs) off and puts hers there. If I if I go into a bookstore, I'll do that well, for you. you. Do. My husband Absolutely. almost did that when we were at the Barnes and Noble. I was like, no, 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 the the Barnes and Noble worker is right there. You can't do that. Oh, I think you. Should. I'm I'm doing You're it. You're gonna for do you. okay. You should so do. I would just at least make a funny Instagram story. Okay. I like making. I went into actually when I was getting a new phone over Christmas. I was just like waiting in the Verizon store, and yeah. so I went on all of the phones there and put subscribed to it? my podcast. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every download counts. <laughs> You All gotta right. think. Two I'll trade. Steps ahead. I'll trade you. When you're in a Barnes and Noble, you put my book front and center, and when I'm in an Apple store, I will put Please subscribe. Your Thank you. On all the phones. I will enjoy doing that. Putting your book out. I think it's funny. Okay. That's great. I love it. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you on like social media or your website or when you have upcoming improv shows. Oh yeah, check. Uh, uh, my name is pretty unusual, so I, I I was able to use it on everything. So if you just look up Keiko Agena, it's like at Keiko Agena and Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook and whatever is after that, whatever the new platform is, it will be Keiko it will Agena. be Keiko Agena. That's awesome. Yes. Mine is so awful. Mine is Rachel. It looks like it's spelled Rachel No Brian because N is my middle initial, so it literally looks like Rachel No Brian. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like no Brian's need apply. It's it's embarrassing, but now it's become like a thing. Yes. So, anyways, well, thank you for doing this. It was thank lovely. You.